Hey everybody, it's the Disaster Prince, and today I actually know what I'm going to be talking about. I don't have any notes, but, you know, it's going to be fun. I don't exactly know what exactly I'm going to talk about, uh, or how long it's going to go on for, and if I, you know, lose energy at any point, like I did near the end of that last recording, well, oops, because I've kind of had a long day. <laughs> But enough about me, time to talk about the best video game I have never played, Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear Solid series, or Metal Gear, because the first, anyway, we're not going to get into that, but I figure might as well talk about something else, and apparently it's also <laughs> Japanese, um, it's, it's, it's not like I'm a, it's not like I'm a weeb or anything, I, you know, there's a whole gross thing about the fetishization of Japanese culture and stuff, but Metal Gear, good. Berserk, good. Um, you heard me ramble about Berserk enough last time. So, Metal Gear. Uh, I think it's very obvious that I do kind of like masculine things, considering I think the best description of Metal Gear I've ever seen is um, sexy, bim sexy himbos who hate war. And you know what? This is about um, a himbo, male bimbo. <laughs> because, um, well, everyone's kind of dumb and pretty hot. Um, so I don't exactly want to recap the whole story, but that's probably what I'm going to have to do because I want to talk about Solid Snake. And I love Solid Snake, but I don't particularly like Big Boss. <clears throat> and I actually um, don't fully get the plot, which I think think is like something a lot that happens to a lot of Metal Gear fans, but again, I've never played the games. I've watched playthroughs of 1, 2, and 4. <laughs> Can you see that I skipped 3 and 5? Because once again, I don't give a damn about Big Boss. I don't give a damn about Big Boss. I only care about Solid Snake. That's a lie. There are other characters I do like, but Solid Snake is my favorite because he's a good person and he tries so hard. And, you know, he's really just, he's the best. So, I, I'm going to start uh, my discussion of Solid Snake by beginning with the first major thing on his Wikipedia page. So, you, or well, his, uh, you know, uh, fan wiki page. Here you go, there's a brief description, and then it's, of course, biography. In 1970, Solid Snake was foreseen in a prophetic vision by Elisa and Ursula as the son of Big Boss that was quote-unquote, save the world. And I think that really tells you what you're going to be getting into with Metal Gear. It's, it's, it's technically an anti-nuclear sneaking game, but it is also a game about psychics and giving birth on D-Day and the legacy left in your genes and cloning and why war is bad. Um, it's a lot about why war is bad, the quote-unquote war economy. Shit, uh, more on Metal Gear. I also watched a playthrough of Revengeance, which is some fun bullshit. It is complete bullshit. Um, Raiden, who is another great character, fights. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna get to that later. Um, actually, gotta write this down. Okay, so I just made a mini map for myself of what I need to talk about. 
because I'm not going to forget to talk about why Griffith apologism is bad, like I did last episode. So we're going to talk about why Solid Snake is good. Solid Snake in canon, poor scene in a dream. So uh, Solid Snake, what we know of his past is that he grew up in foster care and, you know, event joined the military pretty quickly and joined this group called Foxhound and trained under Master Miller and vaguely under Big Boss. And I don't exactly know that much about this part of his life, but needless to say, from what I can tell, he doesn't seem like he has a lot of friends, which I'll get to why that makes um, Snoticon really valid. Uh, but Subtle Snake is this cool military dude, and he's he's smart. Don't let jokes about him always asking questions confuse you, because if you were in the Metal Gear universe, you would have no idea what's going on either. So, he's this really great military guy, right? And he does a mission, and he has to kill Big Boss. And at this point, we don't know who Big Boss is. We know he's the leader of Outer Heaven, a group of mercenaries, or a nation of mercenaries. And this is actually the first Metal Gear game. And this, I just saw that part. This was so cool. Because you have a man speaking in your ear, and you have a man you're going to kill. And eventually, you realize that you've got to kill the guy who's been instructing you on how to get through this space. He's the one you're here to kill. Which is which is kind of fun, you know? Uh that's just, like, not something you would expect from a really simple sneaking game. And that's your first kind of clue at, like, oh, this stuff's going to be kind of weird, kind of funky. And Metal Gear is, in general, kind of weird, kind of funky. Because Metal Gear 2, it's, oh, Big Boss isn't dead. You need to actually kill him for real this time. And you burn him to death with a flamethrower. And then you go on and you get Metal Gear Solid 1, which is, I think, generally regarded as one of the better Metal Gear games. It, it's either that or three that people say is the best one. But, again, who fuck cares about Big Boss? Not me. So, Salt Snake uh, is brought back out of um, hiding because he was chilling in Alaska, mushing dogs, which is kind of, frankly, adorable, and um, being an alcoholic, apparently. Because, you know, that's what you do uh, when you're an ex-soldier. And... Uh, so he goes, and he is sent in, and he has to fight all these different people, like, um, they all have stupid names, Revolver Ocelot, uh, Vulcan Raven, Sniper Wolf, Disguise, <laughs> no, Decoy Octopus, um, people with, like, job description, animal name, uh, and the leader of which is Liquid Snake, um, which, it's revealed that, oh, they're twin brothers, and it's a whole thing, but mostly I think what is important to remember from that is that Solid Snake and Liquid Snake are both sons of Big Boss, and by sons I mean genetic clones, <coughs> because they are now confirmed to both be super soldiers. And at this point, that makes Solid Snake the greatest soldier ever. He kicks Liquid's ass. He kicks everybody's ass. Along the way, he finds this weird nerd. Hal Emmerich, who calls himself Otacon, when asked if he has a secret name. Otacon, yes, you're right in thinking, he calls himself Otaku Convention Shortened. And I'm just laughing at him because, 
wow, he gets character development. But he starts as this weird nerd who's like, I, I was just making this giant robot on legs and I didn't think they were going to use it for war. I thought it was like in the anime. And he's, he's like a classic weeb and he's like, oh, these Japanimations. Yes, these Japanimations, which is kind of funny from a Japanese game. But it is set in uh, the U.S. And uh, he pisses his pants immediately upon meeting Solid Snake. And it's just kind of this sniveling coward. But, oh, that's mean to say, because he's actually brave. Because you'd be scared out of your shit, too, in that situation. Um, and he... Okay, so Solid Snake isn't gay, like, canonically. And neither is Otacon. And they're just bros who, like live together for most of their lives, but, um, I'm sorry, they're in love. Uh, I didn't get too much into my fan interpretations of things in Berserk, but I have a lot of headcanons and ships for Metal Gear, and especially one of which is Otacon and Solid Snake, because there's something about their relationship that's just, just fucking sweet, you know, like, so you meet this guy, right, and he's this extra cool super soldier and you fall immediately head over heels he's like saving your ass and then you're like oh wait oh wait you have trouble expressing emotions you probably you know probably not doing too well considering you're an alcoholic and then you like introduce him to life outside of the military and you let him know that even though he just learned he's a clone of the world's greatest soldier and it's like kind of thinking like oh shit i'm not a person you're like no you're a person i love you and uh, that's sweet. And then Solid Snake is like, no, Otacon, you're not <clears throat> useless. You're a, the best at computers and stuff. Um, they're a uh, hyper-specialized solidarity because Solid Snake, obviously, specialized in weaponry and military stuff and doesn't know anything else. And uh, Otacon specialized in technology and nerd culture and doesn't know anything else. And the two of them... Uh, they've got some friends. They've got Mailing and Meryl, who I also ship together, but, you know, it's for another time. And these are two characters from Metal Gear Solid 1. Meryl is a badass uh, military lady. Her writing is kind of shitty, but, like, you get what they were going for, and a lot of, like, interpretations of her by fans are way better than the canon way she's written. And then um, uh, Mailing is falls into a couple of bad... Uh, stereotypes about Chinese people, but she's sweet, and she talks about how, um, like, she'll give you a proverb every time you save, and it's also kind of sweet, because she has this bit where she talks in the, um, I think it's actually in the non-canon Super Smash Brothers codec conversations. Codec is the way you converse with characters while you're on your sneaking mission, so it's a headset. Oh, not an actual physical headset for you, but for Snake. She says something about how, like, calls across the world so you know that old saying, well, not old saying, you know that thing that's like, oh, magic is just technology we don't understand? Well, Metal Gear has its own take on that, which is technology is just magic, which is, it's interesting, I think, and it sets you up for the weird look that Metal Gear has on the world. Technology is just magic, not, um, te- magic is just technology we don't understand yet. It's, it's, I think it's got wonder, which is impressive, because you'd expect this uh, game of, like, war, economy, shit, to be a little grim, and not have this wonder for life that it kind of does. 
I don't know. It's a it's a nice message. Uh, speaking of wonders for life, there's this solid snake quote that I have that I don't know. It just always inspires me and you know makes me feel better. And it's I think something he says at the end of two, but I can't be certain. And it's no, I think I want to live, accept myself, forgive myself. Life is worth living, even if it hurts you, even if you hurt in it. And now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably the end of uh, Metal Gear Solid 1. But just recovery, man. He's, he's talking about how even though he's been suffering and even though he hasn't been living for tomorrow, just trying to make it through the day, you know, as a soldier not dying on the battlefield and stuff. At the end of Metal Gear Solid, he goes, no, no, I want to live. I want to experience life and enjoy the world. And I think that's part of the message of Metal Gear is that the world is good and worth protecting, which that's fucking sweet. That's beautiful. That's a, a heartfelt message. And another message is like, you don't have to be what your parents are, which is part of the theme of Metal Gear Solid 2, or you don't have to be what people want you to be. Metal Gear Solid 1 is all about living your life as you. Metal Gear Solid 2 is, oh, people want you to be a very specific thing. Uh, usually your parents or father figures or mother figures or authority figures want you to be something specific and you can knock that off. You don't have, that has no effect on you. Well, it affects you, but you don't have to let it control you because that's when we meet another very good character, Raiden, who is, God, his backstory is so depressing. It's so depressing. Raiden is a child soldier who, um, earned the name Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it's Metal Gear Wars Wild. And then he came to the U.S. And then he, uh, like, became a soldier for the U.S. Army and is now going on this... Oh, crap, I should have said major spoilers for all of Metal Gear. But major spoilers for Metal Gear Solid 2 right now. Uh, he's on this fake mission. And uh, in that fake mission, uh, he is trying to replicate the role of Solid Snake in the first game to go into a hostile terrorist controlled environment with like a very specific set of foes and rescue the president, I think in this case, uh, who begins the Metal Gear Solid classic trait of just grabbing another man's crotch through their clothes. <sighs> Happens a lot. So Ryan is a twink. Um, he's not actually gay, but there's a character uh, who's actually gay in Metal Gear Solid 3 called uh, Rynakov, who's this Russian, and he goes, specifically men. There's, there's no way Hideo Kojima did not mean it to be exactly like Raiden, who's actually gay, and I don't know if that's trying to imply something about Raiden, because he, like, gets married at some point, but it doesn't work, like, at all. That might also be his severe trauma, or the fact that, uh, the lady he was dating was a spy against him. Raiden, I love you, but you're a mess. Um, he fights with a samurai sword, and he eventually, uh, gets injured, and by Metal Gear Solid 4, has become a cyborg, and then he goes and does revengeance. Uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm not ready to talk about revengeance yet, but, uh, Raiden has to spend all of Metal Gear Solid 2 as, um, he's technically the main character, but Solid Snake, who has, um, chosen the nickname for himself, Pliskin, from Snake Pliskin, from Escape from New York, which is 
who he was based off to begin with, and that's that's great. So he's picked the name Pliskin, and he's all, he's like, don't worry, I'll help you out, bro. And then you eventually, Raiden eventually figures out he's Solid Snake, and um, Solid Snake has been framed for terrorist activity, but, you know, he convinces Raiden, like, no, dude, I've, I've been framed. Um, and they have Kodak convos with Otacon, and honestly... Uh, Raiden feels a little third wheely. Like you can kind of tell that Snake and Otacon at least have a fondness for one another. If you don't think they're gay, they're absolutely gay. Metal Gear is a fundamentally uh, homoerotic narrative. Um, <laughs> but the other buds, they live together. They're they have this fondness for one another and this appreciation, and it's sweet. They're in love. End of story. Uh, not actually. There's a lot of Metal Gear to cover. Oh, crap, I've been going through, like, 17 minutes already. <laughs> well, again, I'm doing very, very brief coverages of the plots, and they eventually find out about this organization called the Patriots, who, like, rule the world, and they want the war economy, and they never want to stop to war, and they want to keep building Metal Gears, which are just, uh, nukes, nuke-launching devices that can walk around and go anywhere. Um, and they eventually get bigger and stuff, and they defeat the Metal Gear, and then, uh, Solid Snake fakes his death, and we learn more, during that game, we learn more about how Emrick, aka Otacon, and his, uh, little sister, uh, Emma Emrick, uh, they, like, aren't, um, siblings by blood, but they care a lot about each other, and, uh, there is some gross stuff in Otacon's backstory, like he slept with his stepmother, and it just makes you kind of hate the woman, because, like, we don't exactly know how old he was when it happened, so. Mm, it's not good content, but I think, I think it's kind of important to his character. I don't know. I don't know. He just wants a cool, badass husband, and he got one, and that's valid. And Emma Emmerich does, unfortunately, die, but she dies helping, and she's more of a computer whiz than Hal ever was. And during Metal Gear Solid 2, they learn about this girl they gotta go rescue, um, just this baby. And I forget why they have to go help her. Her name is Sunny, and, well, they name her Sunny, I think. And Snake and Otacon go and adopt a child. And live on an aircraft carrier for like nine years or something. And that's completely het. Yeah, just uh, heterosexual life partners. Absolute. So the two of them do that. And they're having, uh, meanwhile, Raiden, of course, gets injured, becomes a cyborg, fought, like marries his tail, says, oh, nope, screw that, gets divorced. Oh, poor kid. He's not a kid. He's, like, 30, which is weird to me because I always kind of imagined him as, like, a bratty 18-year-old. But, you know, things go well. And we learn that uh, the main villain of the next game, uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, because I'm skipping over Metal Gear Solid 3 because that's Big Boss backstory, and I don't give a single crap about Big Boss. So, Metal Gear Solid 4, Snake is aging rapidly like the clones in Star Wars because of Fox Die! Which is like this thing he got infected with in the first game. It's gonna age him rapidly because he's a clone. It's a genetic 
it's like a virus that only kills members of Foxhound, which is this agency he was a part of, which is um, <laughs> pretty cool. And I'm glad that's not a thing that exists, like, in the real world, because that would be terrifying. A genetic, a designer genetic virus. Disgusting. Bad. Terrifying. Next. So, he comes back out of retirement, and he's this old man. He goes by the name Old Snake. And he, he's dying, and that's depressing, and he's, it's kind of a depressing game, because he talks a lot about how he's dying, and you gotta see the wear and tear it has on his family, because he's just trying to get this last mission done, and he just wants the, this one last time in the field, and Jesus Christ, at the end of the game, Meryl from Metal Gear Solid 1 is getting married to this dude named Johnny. He's been a minor character, an extremely minor character. And it's, it's sweet. And Otacon says something like, Snake and Sunny asks, oh, to her un Uncle Hal, she calls him uh, Otacon, who's basically her dad. And he's, she's like, uh, where's Uncle Snake? And uh, Otacon says something like, he's tired and he has to rest now. And you think, you think he's dead? And... You cut away to him, and there's some plot stuff, but he's in this graveyard, and he's he's going to shoot himself, because he's going to die of old age really rapidly, and then he can't do it, and then he talks with Big Boss, and we learn plot stuff, yada, 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 and then he doesn't kill himself, and he goes home, and after the end of the game, after all the visuals have cut out, you hear some talk. And it's Otacon and Solid Snake. And Otacon's talking about how Snake shouldn't leave. He shouldn't go and die alone. Because Otacon will stay with him. He'll remember his story. And damn. That's just... It's really emotional, dude. Like, I don't know. That's serious stuff for a video game where there's a man literally named Hot Coldman, and you can make Big Boss have sex with another dude. But, shit, I should talk about that. Maybe I don't give no craps about Big Boss. But, uh, Solid Snake's journey is, he sacrifices everything, and he just keeps fighting, but that doesn't mean his life is a painful one. Well, it is painful, but it's not only pain, because he has love, and he has a daughter, and he's gruff and rude and crass and he is so sweet yeah it's he's a good guy and he direct action direct action uh he will sneak into your nuclear base and he will destroy your nuclear facility and that is that uh he's He's a good guy, even if he kills people. Direct action, salt snake. Uh, what was I saying? Revengeance. Um, yeah. That's next on my list. Revengeance. So, revengeance takes place years and years. I don't know how many. Raiden's still alive. He's a cyborg. And it's years after uh, Solid Snake has died. And this is fundamentally the weirdest part of Metal Gear, okay? Because Raiden is a cyborg. <laughs> Going around saying things like, I am lightning the rain transformed. And um, he fights, well, he ends culminating with fighting the president of the United States, or presidential candidate Armstrong of the United States, 
on top of a Metal Gear with a samurai sword. He has the samurai sword. And the dude has a quote-unquote nanomachine's son. And it's just a weird fight. And it just doesn't stop keep happening, which I think is the moral of Metal Gear. That things just don't stop keep happening. Because, like, he's fighting. And the dude can, like, make his arms uh, metal and stuff. And he's really buff. And there's some great quotes from that fight, like, Bet you played college ball. Try University of Texas. And then he, like, breaks riding over his knee or something. Ryden is kind of bitchy, and I love his stupid voice. Um, and Ryden's just like, uh, no, no, wait, it's, um, I played college ball, you know. Yeah, it's a cushy Ivy League. Try University of Texas. <laughs> and it's just wild. And uh, Ryden at one point, this mechanical dog brings him a sword. And he holds it up after his first sword's been broken. He says, I swore I never to harm a person with my blade. I'm starting to rethink that. And besides, this isn't my sword. And then, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. If your morals are that weak, like, it's the principle of the thing, my guy. But it's it's probably the wackiest of the games. Because you don't have any of that big boss's legacy stuff. It's just riding, going around, being weird and dumb. And you know what? I support his weird dumbass. Okay, let's see what's next on the list. Big Boss. Big Boss, bad. But, okay, so Big Boss's story takes place in Metal Gear Solid 3, Metal Gear Solid 5, and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Now, 5 is split into two parts, Ground Zero and the Phantom Pain, and that follows a lot of this dude named... Venom Snake, um, who is, like, a copy of Big Boss, another clone, but, like, a clone his age and who has all of his memories and has become convinced of himself that he is Big Boss, uh, which, one of my favorite theories is, um, well, let me start. Metal Gear Solid 3 follows the story of Big Boss as he deals with his boss, the boss, defecting. Now, the boss is this cool badass lady. She's great. I love her. Uh, she, it was like, in the end, it's, she did everything for her country, and there's this great song from Metal Gear Solid 3 called Snake Eater, um, I give my life not for honor, but for you, and she's just really great, and it's a really good, really good character, but, um, the boss, or, I mean, Big Boss, who is, uh, in that name, goes by, wait for it, Naked Snake. Yeah, if you thought Solid Snake was a bad code name, Naked Snake is worse because he like goes in with only his pants on and he can kick ass and take names. Um, so yeah, Naked Snake, which is the worst code name ever. Um, he has to deal with the boss defecting and Revolver Ocelot, who is a whole bag of worms that I'm not. You know, I'm going to break that down. I'm going to talk about Revolver Ocelot at some point, too. But, um, Big Boss, he spends the game, like, not really getting it. And he it's not like Solid Snake during the games, who's just, like, confused about what's going on around him. Big Boss is like, war, good. So the boss dies with this message, like, war is bad. And Big Boss is like, 
War is good, and I should make an eternal war that lasts forever. Which is kind of why he's the villain of most games, because that's just not getting it, bud. You just didn't get it, bud. You dumb idiot. He's so dumb. He also has a radioactively enlarged penis. Canonically. And is infertile. And he's so weird. He's so weird. Um, <laughs> there's actually a really good quote of his where uh, there's this character, Eva. Eve, whatever. She's in love with Big Boss, and she's, like, very cool. And there's this one bit where um, she's kind of injured, and Boss, and Big Boss is like, okay, we gotta get out of here. And he's like, Eve, I need you. And she says, say that again. And so he says, I need you to fly the helicopter out of here. Because <laughs> Big Boss does not get when people like him. Uh, but you can make him have sex with a man, which is weird. Um. Not can well, So there are these um, side quests that you do in kind of like a non-canonical thing, and you can like talk to characters, and you can, if you say the right amount of things and do the right amount of quests in this different side area, you can romance characters. And there are a couple characters you can do it to. Eve, um, that's a dog. Uh, Eve being one of them. Eve slash Eva. There being this character called Paz. And then there's this third character, Kazor Miller, who is a dude, a man, an actual human man. And at the end of all of these, if you get all, say all the right things, you can go and you can, your big boss, not you, your big boss avatar, will go with the character under a box, and there will be, you know, hearts and shaking. You know what's going on. You already know what's going on. But you can do that with Kazor Miller, too. And, like, that's not canon, but that's nice. There's so much that you just don't get. <laughs> the games, there's so much going on in all of the games all of the time. And it never stops. And it's the best. Um, the, okay, Metal Gear Solid 3 theory. There's this fan theory. I didn't come up with it. There's this fan theory that Metal Gear Solid 3 is actually a simulation played by uh, Venom Snake to become convinced that he is Big Boss. And there's not a lot of evidence for it. Um, there's the whole uh, Venom State was brainwashed to be leave. All, he had done all the experiences of Big Boss, which fits it. And there are also bits in the game that don't exactly line up. Like, the year it takes place, they have stuff that they shouldn't that comes out only like a couple years later. And there are bits in the game where, like, if you kill... A bird, this one specific bird will be like, ha ha, you've changed the past! Which is like a cheeky joke at the player, but you know, the idea that like, oh, Venom Snake can't do this during um, during his uh, brainwashing, because he'll believe in events that are slightly different from the actual history of Big Boss's life. And it's a nice theory. I don't think it... It adds an area of meta that I think is very important to the Metal Gear games. They already have some meta talking about, like, uh, at one point there's a character you have to fight named Psychomantis, and it requires unplugging your um, uh, thing, uh, unplugging your actual gaming device or one of the controllers and plugging into a different port so he can't read your moves. And it's, I think it adds a nice layer of meta that just really wrap, ties it up together in a nice bow. Nice bow. Um, Big Boss bad. Big Boss just didn't get it. And, uh, Big Boss uh, has this very fun relationship. I say relationship. It's a friendship. Even though 
Revolver Ocelot is a gay man. You cannot change my mind. Um, there's this character named Revolver Ocelot. And, yeah, he's the same one from Metal Gear Solid 1 and then Metal Gear Solid 4, where he's the main villain and he has Liquid Snake's arm grafted onto his body, but has also become convinced he's Liquid Snake. Because that thing, those are things that just happen in this dumb, dumb video game series. But at this point, he's like a young Russian who hasn't gotten his cowboy aesthetic yet. And he just, uh, he's like a triple agent and he runs into Big Boss a couple times during Metal Gear Solid 3 and he has this dumb sequence where he attempts to shoot a nest of bees well not a nest of bees but there's this swarm of bees and to get rid of them he shoots at them with his guns with he uses his guns to shoot bees to show off i guess and he has like these cool motion capture gun tricks that were done and it's, it's pretty sweet not gonna lie and he has this like good aesthetic going on he's like a kind of a twinkie cat at this point I mean, he never really stopped being a twink, but, like, he especially is during the third game. Well, not a Gersal 3, it's not exactly the third game. And, I don't know, he's kind of charming because he's super weird. Uh, he's, he's clearly gay, everything about him. Screams gay, man. I'm sorry if you disagree, it was not a Russian talk. Which is a very fun thing in Metal Gear Solid, because I'm going out of order, so I keep jumping back to Metal Gear Solid 4. There's a scene where um, our old man, our old man Snake, is fighting, grappling with um, Revolver Ocelot on, on some tall platform, and Revolver Ocelot kisses him. And this has led to many debates, because people are like, um, th no, that's my cool, cool uh, Solid Snake. He's so cool and so het and so traditionally masculine. Why and uh, we can't have gays in Metal Gear, uh, which led to the very iconic uh, response to a forum post of why did uh, Revolver Ocelot kill, uh, kiss Solid Snake? <laughs> Some person replied, very simple, it was a Russian taunt. <laughs> it's just so funny. The amount of people go to deny these things. Um, and I mean, there are some LGBT characters in Metal Gear, but it's all like villains and stuff. It's kind of nasty, to be honest. But, you know, it's fundamentally a homoerotic game series. I don't care what anyone else says. It's, it makes the narrative better. Uh, oh, uh, there are a lot of people with Snake and Otacon who are like, are Snake and Otacon, you know? You know, it's looking through forums can be fun sometimes. Some people are saying slurs, which is um fine, great, perfect, you know, just wonderful time. Anyway, knowing that, next on my list I wanna talk about I already talked about the boss. So just weird shit. Um there's just a lot of weird shit in Metal Gear. There's just this endless, endless expanse of just the wildest stuff going on at all times. And it's, it's an intense game series, and it's a confusing game series that I do not exactly understand, which um, I suppose is a problem. But that does not stop my enjoyment of it, because I love a hyper-masculine hyper military father and his wonderful nerd boyfriend slash husband and their beautiful daughter 
and the weird, wild world they live in. It's a good series. Check it out.